I am Zarda. I don't. I don't want. I can't. I know we're, we're supposed to do a sketch, Steve, but I don't want to do a sketch from Zardoz. You were you were gonna be Zardoz, and I was gonna I was gonna be Zed. So uh, we. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made you dress up in the red diaper and the bandolier, but we're just not doing it. I'm a, okay? It's actually a lot more comfortable than you would think. I know you look great. You look great. Thank Pony you. Ponytail's working it for you. Thank you. And you even made it work with your hat. That, but yeah, I don't want to do this. I wish I was in better I, shape. Well, you're, you're pulling it off fine. I'm sucking in a lot. I'm sucking in the gut a lot. Yeah, well, you know what? That Connery wasn't in that great shape either. I'm Hasselhoff. I'm going to climb out of this giant stone head I made for the sketch, and we're just going to review the goddamn movie. Okay. Zardoz speaks to you, his chosen ones. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I'm Jason Harning. And I'm Steve Shives. On this show, we take a classic movie and give it a fresh review to see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time, its reputation is bad, right, Steve? Yes, very bad. Although, depending on who you ask, it might be bad good. It might be bad good to mental patients, but... (laughs) It's generally considered bad. Yes. It's it's a cult movie, right? For People sure. People know it as a punchline and stuff, oh, right? Oh, yeah. It's gen- it's generally considered one of the uh, uh, capital W worst capital M movies ever made. <laughs> and, you know, everyone knows that the, pen- that the gun is, is good and the penis is bad, right? That's one of the few things that actually gets right, yeah. That's yeah. right, because it's in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> what movie are we reviewing this time oh, around, Steve? We are reviewing that classic (laughs) sci-fi film starring Sean Connery and Charlotte Rampling, Zardoz. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) You took my job. You You, started naming the people in it. You're going to say it again. I'm in a bad mood already. I watched this twice. Oh, you poor thing. I fell asleep for a full hour and went, where how did I get here? Go back and I probably miss a whole lot of stuff. Turns out, it's, I didn't. It's, anyway. It's just as inexplicable <laughs> if you watch the whole thing. No, I, that's the problem. I understood it. <laughs> anyway, Steve, you have any... <laughs> you have any... Any trivia for Zardoz? I do, actually. So uh, here's an here's an interesting little tidbit that I'm sure people will be entertained and delighted by. Uh, oh boy! When the movie was first being released, there were radio ads promoting it, and they were narrated by none other than Mr. Rod Serling. Well, how much did they pay him? I whatever it was, it couldn't have been enough. It couldn't have been. It's, he had no idea what he was even talking about. <laughs> you want me to say what? <laughs> Welcome to Zardoz. Most of the women, almost every woman, you'll see her tits. It's a great movie. Every woman you see, eventually you see her tits. It's great. Tits the movie. No, Rod, it's called Zardoz. Fuck you. I'm not saying that. <laughs> it's called what? I don't Just a second, so. I'm getting out of breath. I gotta put five cigarettes in my mouth. <laughs> and then he died. In his 50s. Well, hooray! Any other uh, stuff? Y- yes. Uh, John Borman made this film after his attempt to make a film of Lord of the Rings fell through. So there's that. Well, uh, he was trying to adapt it, and then he just kind of said, fuck it, I'm going to make my own. I'm going to do my and movie. he made this. I'm going to do it <laughs> my way, because I got things to say. 
Um, ah, there's not uh, enough tits in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and and one last bit that is kind of a head scratcher, if it's true. Uh, reported, yes. Reportedly, I haven't been able to confirm this, but rumor has it that Stanley Kubrick was an uncredited technical advisor. So he must he have not. He must have been really bored. Bullshit. He must have been really <laughs> bored. And in between movies, he's like, "Well, I just did Clockwork Orange. We're ramping up on I don't know what would be." The yeah, next you know what his his technical advice was? Don't make this fucking movie. <laughs> make a different Thanks, movie. Thanks, Stanley. <laughs> make a different fucking movie. Here's an idea. Make one with knights and shit. <laughs> make one of them King Arthur things, yeah, John. People like that. Put put your own daughter in it and, ha- and and film her having a sex scene naked on top of a knight. That's something you do in the future, John. <laughs> So Stanley Kubrick is is really he's responsible for that. He put the idea in his head. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, kind of. Anyway, Stanley. is that all you got? That's is all. That, is that what you got? That's what I got. You got nothing other than the fact that he was trying desperately to get someone to make this thing, and everyone was like, "No." And then he, <laughs> he was like, "Please, somebody, anybody, somewhere." He kept making the mistake of showing people the script. Yeah, he kept saying, "Read the script, you'll see." And they're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> oh, we see, John. We see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's see who's responsible for Zardoz. <laughs> I want it's names. Directed by. Directed by John Borman, and you know him from Excalibur. That's the night movie I made a joke about earlier. Yes. And Deliverance. That's right. Which is not about knights at all. <laughs> no, no, not a whole lot of chivalry and Deliverance. And Hope and Glory. Well, that's the name of that movie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, Hope and Glory about World War Two shit. <laughs> produced by John Borman and Charles Orne, who also, or Orme, produced Omen and The Man with the Golden Gun and <laughs> Excalibur. Hmm. Written by John Borman. So we got a one name. We got one name to blame, right, Steve? It was, it was funny. When I was when, when we were watching the movie and his, his credit came up and it said produced, written, and directed by John Borman, I actually said out loud to my TV, don't take too much credit, John. <laughs> You're going to want to spread this Starring. around. Starring Sean Connery as Zed. Hey, Sean Connery was not the first person offered this role. He wasn't. No, you know who they offered it to first? Oh, I, I think I actually know this. And was going to do it, but he got sick or something. I, I actually know this, and it would have been interesting, I guess. Yeah, it would have. I don't know. It would have uh, been interesting. Yeah, I believe you're thinking of Burt Reynolds. That's right, yeah. it would have been old Burt. Yeah. Chewing his gum and running all over the countryside in his red diaper. <laughs> hey, name's Zed. How you doing? <sighs> Charlotte Rampling is Consuela, and you may know her from Melancholia and a whole bunch of other shit. <laughs> Sarah Casterman is May, nothing. John Alderton is Friend. You might know him from the TV series Upstairs, Downstairs. Sally Ann Newton is Avalo, nothing. <laughs> Niall Buggy is Arthur Franz slash Zardoz, nothing. <laughs> Bosco Hogan is George Satan, nothing. <laughs> Jessica Swift as apathetic, and I think they name her because she talks later, but she's the one that almost gets raped. Yeah, good for and, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. great. And Reginald Jarman as Voice of Death. <laughs> I feel sick. You know, just the character names tell you something about the film if you haven't even uh-huh. seen it. Hmm. Yeah, who are we going to name this character? I don't. Let's call him Friend. You're out of ideas, John. You see, Shut up, no, I am not. It's symbolism, don't you see? Mm-hmm. Is it? <laughs> Is it symbolism if you're just holding up a sign? Actually, it's an excuse for me to see naked women like 24-7. <laughs> 
Like for the entire shooting time. Nothing. Any woman that I wanted. You there. Take it off. See? Look at that. <laughs> I'm relatively happy with the shot as we've set it up. I need some more tits over there. Mm-hmm. Tits mm-hmm. over there. And perfect. <laughs> Music by David Monroe. Cinematography by Jeffrey Unsworth, who we know from Superman 1 and Superman 2. Mm-hmm. Edited by John Merritt. Production company John Borman Productions Limited. Uncredited. I guess he felt that was one credit too far. Well, he didn't want to right. brag, you know. Exactly. Distributed. Distributed by, <laughs> and to their never-ending shame, 20th Century Fox. That's just in the U.S. Or Fox Rank Distributors in the U.K. Release date, February 6, 1974. Running time. <clears throat> Boy, it didn't feel like this length, but I guess it was. <laughs> I'm still watching it. It feels like I'm still watching I, it. I, part of, is, is this right? Part of me will always be watching it. Running time, 104 minutes. Budget, $1.5 million or $7.7 million adjusted for inflation. Box office, $1.8 million or $9.3 million adjusted for inflation. It just barely outgrossed its budget. That's weird. All of my notes, just, it's one, ah, I don't have anything else written. It's just a string of A's. That's unusual. That goes on for five pages with an exclamation point at the end. Hmm. Just just one exclamation anyway, point? That's that's some admirable restraint there on your part. I think I ran out of breath or I passed out or something. <laughs> anyway, Steve, you ready? To, you ready? Are you, are you ready to relive this shit? Are you ready to relive this bucket of shit that we just watched? I, You know, I think I'm as ready as I can be, yeah. By the way, all you fuckos out there who's like, oh, it can't be fun. You never watch the fucking thing. You, oh, you watch the first ten goddamn you. minutes, and then as, as soon as nothing started happening, you're like, click. And then you went on your fucking YouTube channels and said, it's fun, it's, it's bad, it's so bad, it's funny. It's not. You liars. <laughs> you're lying to yourselves, and you're lying to the public. Yeah. It only got funny at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> The final shot is a, is a real knee slapper, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the final uh, ten minutes are wish fulfillment, and we'll get to that when yeah. we get to it. <laughs> anyway, Steve, are you ready? Come on, let's I've, let's just go. I've, let's just go. I'm still wearing the outfit, so we might as well. I'm gonna put on some translucent clothing and and wear a pharaoh's headdress for some reason. Yeah, except sometimes when you don't. <sighs> I'm gonna talk to my <laughs> ring. <laughs> Why are we making this movie? Unknown. <laughs> And let's run into the world of Zardoz. You ready to go? I don't... I'm over here. You do it. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. So, uh, do you like floating heads? <laughs> Boy, do I! Because this... The movie opens with a floating head. No, it doesn't. It doesn't? It opens with a guy standing wearing a black shirt against a black background. Which... As the camera moves around to make it look like he's floating. Well... When he's just fucking standing there. Okay, but that's that's the magic of the movies. This is not movie magic. I mean, you this know, like... movie like, diarrhea. Like, Dave, David Copperfield didn't really make the Statue of Liberty disappear either. What? He what? He, he didn't? No. It was, just a, it was just a magic trick. Oh. I'm sorry. Have I, have I disillusioned you? I'm sorry. This day is taking a hard toll he, on me, Steve. <laughs> First Zardoz and now David Copperfield's fucking fake? He did actually walk through the Great Wall of China, though. That was real. He couldn't figure out how to fake that, so he just did it. 
Um, okay, yay! So, there you go. Hold on to that little bit of innocence. There's a talking head, and he's yeah. like, "Hello, I'm Zardoz, and I'm a god, and and uh, I think my last line breaks the fourth wall a little bit, and I I'm a warning. I'm a warning that I go on long enough for you to change your mind, get up, throw your popcorn away, and be <laughs> in your car before my little monologue's over because this is this is not good. Are Hello, everybody. My name's Zardoz, and this is not good. <laughs> Are you sure you want to be here for this? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to get any better. <laughs> anyway, he says nothing to us. He says, I'm the architect and the something, and I did everything, and people are my puppets. Yeah. And, oh, here we go with Zardoz. <laughs> yeah, and they, uh, the, the the title is, it looks like they took it off of like the cover of a Def Leppard album or something. Mm-hmm. It's all chrome so and big, like, jagged letters. It's like, Zardoz, you know? It's the most exciting thing in the movie. Live on tour this summer. Anyway, we cut to the Irish countryside, and a gigantic stone head comes floating out of the clouds, lands, and a whole bunch of dudes wearing masks rides up, and they're like, yay, Zardoz. And Zardoz goes, hey, motherfuckers, it's me, Zardoz. Here's some guns. And he vomits he, up some he, guns and bullets. Yep, he does. And he says, which bad? Yeah. He says, and don't forget, the penis is bad because the penis shoots seed and makes new people. That's so, right. So kill yeah. all those people. Guns are good. You're penises my- are bad. Yeah, and go out and kill people. And um, you're my chosen people. You're good. I, we like you're. You're good. You're my good people. Go out and kill people for me. Yeah. And they're like, yay! Kill. Which contradicts <laughs> things that we find out later in the movie. Yeah. Anyway, so they're like, kill, kill us, kill us. This literally. <laughs> contradicts something that happens later in the film and then sean connery gets turns around and he's really angry at us yeah for <laughs> for, <laughs> for watching the movie and he points his gun at us he kills yeah, us. yeah he great train robberies us that's right yeah. and then we wake up inside of zardoz's mouth yeah as he's flying through the sky yeah and and, and hidden yeah. yeah sean connery's in here too yeah he's hiding under a bunch of kitty litter <laughs> when he comes out and there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people wrapped and wrapped in plastic, and he's uh, that's that's from Twin Peaks. Founder <laughs> in the river, wrapped in plastic. These people are wrapped in plastic too, I guess, to keep them fresh or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's he's running around, and then he sees some guy wearing robes and a, and a pharaoh's hat, and he pops down, and he's like, "Oh, hello, I'm the guy, and you don't shoot." And then he shoots him. And then he kind of flies away. Yeah, he doesn't quite... F- he falls out of the mouth, but he kind of floats there. Not, he kind of floats yeah. there, and he's like, whoopee! Oh. What does he say? Impossible or something? I yeah, don't something like that. Yeah, or pointless. He said, without me, you are pointless or something. Without me, you're pointless. Yeah, that's right. And he, and he floats or something. <laughs> and that was weird. Like, well, that's weird. <laughs> and Zardoz's head comes to a lake, and it lands. And he gets out, and he runs into this like little village, this little village. Village yeah, that's got like they're growing plants in these bubbles, and he looks around and 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 he's looking at. He goes into a house, and there's stuff in the house, and he's rummaging through there, and he finds a ring that talks to him, right? Yeah, and it turns it's like he and it belongs to the guy he just shot, Arthur Frayne. Arthur Frayne, yeah, yeah, and he's like, oh, okay, I killed that dude, and uh, he puts the he takes the ring, and the ring's giving him like grain totals or something like that, or meat yeah. totals and stuff, and it's like a it projects like a hologram image on stuff and uh then he hears people outside right steve yeah yeah and he he goes looking around and he sees this is he sees a a naked lady on a horse right 
I'm sorry. There's naked ladies all over the I place. I know. There's yeah, naked ladies see, everywhere. He does see a naked. He sees his he first sees naked, naked lady. lady on a horse. <laughs> he sees his, his first naked, naked lady. ladies on a horse. <laughs> yeah. And then he looks and there's a house and there's some people walking around the house. And then he goes down by the lake and he gets a drink of water. And then the lady comes up and she she does like a psychic whammy thingy on him and he falls down. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, she asks where he thinks he is and he says, yeah. I think I'm in the vortex. Right. And she's like, yep, good and guess. Bingo. And for your reward, glack. And he falls over. <laughs> then they take him back to some room, right? Yeah. And they're reading his memories. Right. Yeah. And the memory they keep reading is him raping somebody. Oh, yeah. That's great. That was one that's, of Sean Connery's memories. Great. Well, how'd they get that? That's... <laughs> Well, every weekend I dress up in a red diaper and ride a horse around you know, and rape some, someone I've netted on the beach. You know, the reason why I responded to this project was because it's so true to life. Sean Connery can never again say, I did not understand the Lord of the Rings after he made this shit. <laughs> did, yeah. did you understand Zardoz, Sean? Make up better lies, Sean. The Lord of the Rings is fairly <laughs> straightforward. <laughs> I mean... Anyway, the person that took him is May. Yes. And she's there with um, uh, Consuela. Consuela, yeah. And they're all like, he's a brute. He comes from the Outlands. How did he get here? I don't know. What should we do with him? What should they do with him, Steve? Well, uh, I think uh, Consuela, uh, Consuela wants to kill him. May is a scientist. Yeah, Consuela wants to kill him. May is a scientist, and she wants to do experiments on him and study him to, to learn about him. Because apparently people that live in the Vortex don't interact with the brutals from the outside yeah, very the much. The brutals so, outside yeah. world. And, but they don't kill him. No. They kind of put him on display for everyone to see. And May wants to study him, right? Yeah. And then, then he kind of come, becomes a slave, kind of, right? Yeah. A slave slash pet. Like, he kind of follows some of them around. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, this is when we meet Friend, yeah. who's going to, like, show him around the place. And what he shows him around is he make, he gets, like, a rickshaw wagon as they pass out bread and shit. And we meet uh, some of the uh, apathetics, who are people who don't do nothing no more. Right. They just kind of stand there. Yeah. And just make long story short, guys, because I don't want you to have to discover it the way we discovered it. Here's the basic plot. Outside are the brutals. Inside are the fuckers. I don't know what they call them. What do they call themselves? They, I think they call themselves Eternals. The Eternals. And basically, um, the war- they shut themselves off from the world, and they're immortal, and they keep all of the knowledge of the world, right? Right, right. And they grow weird food, and they're, they're telepathic, and they're all linked to this big computer thingy called Tabernacle. Yeah. And when they talk into the rings, it's Tabernacle that talks back to them. But, uh-oh, Steve, there's trouble in paradise. <laughs> Because some of the people have grown so bored with being alive, they've become apathetics. Right, and they, right? they just stand around doing nothing. And this makes Sean Connery real mad. <laughs> He's like throwing stuff around. He gets this one girl and he kisses her, and she doesn't respond. And nothing makes Sean Connery angrier than when a woman doesn't respond to his kissing. And he throws her in the hay, and he's going to fuck her, but she's just all limp. And he's like, I can't stand He picks up a barrel, and he smashes it. I don't even know if they were filming. This This was a, like a written scene. <laughs> Sean, Sean, please. But those are the apathetics. And then we meet the other people. The people, the, what are they called? The uh, renegades? The renegades, yeah. These are the people who have broken the rules of the society so many times that they have been aged to extreme old age. But because nobody dies, but they just send them off to their, die. yeah, they send them off to like their own they, like area right. to sort of sequester them. Yeah. They make them all old yeah. and senile. Yeah. And um, they they still feed them, but they're, they're being punished because they're bad. Yeah. Because they've done things that are bad against 
I don't fucking care. Yeah. Anyway, oh, and also, and also, it's important to mention that when when one of them does die, uh, they're just they're basically reincarnated. Like their body is regrown, yeah, and they I'll, just come back. Right. Yeah, a friend has died like three times, and they just keep bringing them back. Yeah, because Tabernacle can rebuild your body, and then you're back, and you're like, oh fuck, me. oh man. So that's that's the world that that he's in. And Zed runs away once, and he goes up there, and he signals to his friends that are on horseback. You know, the murderer guys. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm here. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god. And they're called Renig. They're called regulators. No, they're called exterminators. Exterminators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because their job is to ride around and kill people. Yeah. Right? It's good work if you and can get it. It turns out Arthur Frayn's the guy who was in charge of that whole giant head thing telling them to go around and kill people. Yeah, right? yeah. Because I guess, he, uh, well, I think Friend says, well, nobody else wanted to do it. So yeah, he's like, exactly. I know what I'll do. I'll make a giant stone head and I'll fly around <laughs> and vomit guns on them. <laughs> That's right. I'll make them go do it. I got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. But they had to change that. Oh, that's because right. They, yeah, there were too many apathetics and too many renegades for them to grow their own food. So now they have to figure out some other way to food. So they told the the exterminators to stop killing the people and start making them farm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because exactly because they there's too there's so many apathetics that they're running out of food. So they're like get the get the brutals to become farmers. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. And and so that goes against what we saw in the opening scene where the head was telling him to go out and kill everybody. He changed his mind because they weren't they weren't doing doing that and no more he, he, changed, anyway. he changed his mind come on <laughs> anyway there's a bunch of tits just anytime we mention that there's a woman imagine that they're naked for some reason uh, from the waist up at the very least yeah. right oh Steve? yeah it happens it, it's so often that it just it means nothing by the end of the movie you're just like it, ah, okay yeah, exactly okay and so he he's walking around and he's learning all this bullshit and then they go there's it's it's time for lunchy time and <laughs> and it's friend's time to serve all the meal but friend is having zed do it and and consuela's like zed shouldn't be here i want him fucking dead and everyone's like else is like no we don't want him dead and she's like let's take a vote to see who's we're gonna kill him i know may wants to keep him for experimentation but he should be dead so they take like this silent mental vote and they say, okay, make and keep him for seven more days, and then we're going to kill him. And they're like, yay. Oh, yeah, that's right. The the whole vortex has, like, a force field around it. Yeah. So he can't leave. Zed can't escape. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they're going to meditate, which means standing up and sticking your hands out and kind of wiggle them a little bit. It's like the hokey pokey, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. you're just putting both both arms in yeah. and shake them all about. But, uh, but friend doesn't want to do the hokey pokey. Yeah, and then we sit through a half-hour sequence of him saying, I'm not going to do it, and then people shake him doing the hokey-pokey. <laughs> and then he gets punished. They psychically zap him, and then Zed runs off to find a friend, and they, he goes to the, he goes to the old age home where the renegades are, and he's there. Yeah, and he's like... And he's he, like turned half old. Yeah, he's half of an old man. I guess they got what, they got distracted, and they couldn't finish up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and all the old people, all the old people wear tuxedos for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. They're all going to a fancy tuxedos. party. They're going to a fancy party. They're all going to a fancy party. Yeah. And then friend says, "This is all your fault. Kill him, right? Yeah. Kill Zed. Kill him." And he runs. He runs away. And then he runs back to May. And they're all. They've all got sheets over them for some reason. Oh, because the Eternals don't sleep. They just meditate now, right? Right, yeah. The, also, yeah. they don't fuck. We get we get a nice science class where we yes. see a picture of a of we. A picture of a limp penis and then an erect penis, and they don't know how that works. Yeah. So they try to give Sean Connery... This is in the movie. Yeah. They try to give Sean Connery a, bo- a boner, first by showing him some soapy tits, yep. and then we're like, okay, 
and it doesn't work Not on him. For him. And then they show show him a couple of ladies mud wrestling, and, and that don't no. work for him. But what does work for him, Steve? <laughs> Uh, doesn't he, isn't it looking at... Uh, Slapping uh, a woman, yeah, that's right, yeah. Steve. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Violence. Oh, yes. No, he looks at, he looks no, at uh, Consuela. He looks at Consuela, yeah, and he's like, that'll do. And then he gets a boner, and everyone thinks that's like, great. Oh, hey, look, a boner. So he runs back to May, and May's like, listen, oh, and they scan him, and he's like, he's perfect, he's got a better brain size, he's, he's, oh my god, Steve. He's a mutant, he's super smart, he's, he's, he's smarter mutant. than he's, anybody, yeah. He's smarter than anybody there, and he's so super great, and I'm starting to get a bad feeling, Steve, that he's the one. Oh, it's not going to be another one of those movies, is it? Because a couple of people have said that he's come to bring the gift of what, Steve? Of death. Yeah, you know that thing you never bring to a party. <laughs> but he's got he's got brought the gift of death. Yeah. Some people say it. Anyway, he runs up to May, and May lifts up her, her blankie while she's standing there. And she's like, "He's what does he want? He wants something. He wants it to leave or something. Yeah. He wants, I don't know what. He wants to know. He wants answers. Yeah. And she's like, first, you're going to let me look inside your brain. And he's like, fine. And he looks inside her brain. He, she looks inside his brain. And then we get the backstory we should have gotten at the beginning of the movie <laughs> in the middle of it. So yeah. what happened? Uh, so he was, he was, a, you, know, you tell it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, a, he was a, uh, an exterminator. And he would go around and kill people for Zardoz. And he, and he had fun with that. You know, he had a good time. Yeah, it was it was a rip roaring time. He wore one of those big Zardoz heads. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and then one day he he went into a library, like an old abandoned library, and 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 there was a mysterious figure in there that taught. Uh, definitely not Zardoz. Definitely or, not Zardoz or, for sure, but a mysterious figure in there. Yeah. And it and it taught Zed how to read because none of the other brutals. How did it do that? I don't know. We don't know. Well, you start off with yeah. like you know C spot run, and you know, and then you you, you just work your way up. Um, and pretty soon he was a reading machine. He was reading everything. He would, he would have made LeVar Burton proud. <laughs> and you don't have to take my word for it. But then he found a book, Steve. Oh, yeah. He found a book. He did. Oh, boy. And they tease it. The book that... <laughs> they tease it out before they show you what book it is. Oh, boy. They tease it out for at least 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. So he's, like, ripping up the book, and he's saying it can't be true or whatever. And what book is it, Steve? It's a little book that I know you've heard of. Called uh-huh. called the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. <gasps> wow! Wait, what is that? So well, so what? Because what he notices is that if you put your thumb over over most of the title, uh-huh. Wizard Zard, yeah, and you cover up the uh-huh. of Oz Zardoz Zardoz, and also the book is about a so, guy who pretends to have powers that he doesn't have, and you know, yada yada yada. So right. he figures out that he right. he, so he figures out that Zardoz is a fake him and his friends are also all mutants too and they're super smart and they want answers right yeah so they sneak they sneak him into the head they bury him in the cat litter and then we're back to where we are now right that's how he that's how he got into the vortex yeah yeah and then may wants to get all makey outy with him right yeah and she's like, ah, let me nestle you to my naked bosom, and let me, I want to kiss you all over. But then Consuelo shows up. Yes, and she accuses and, her of bestiality. That's right, because she thinks he's nothing but animal. There's a word like, for it's this. For- it's called bestiality. And it's time to kill him, right, Steve? Yeah. And he runs with any... any this goes on for fucking ever. He runs away, and people are like, let's get him. We gotta get him, right, Steve? Yeah, and they chase him, and he's blind at one point. 
Yeah, and, uh, only and then a lady takes him, right? Yeah, and gives him his sight back, and she says, "Here, if you're right. ever losing your life force, eat this leaf." Oh, because we missed it. This is how we know he's the one. And when he's when he's getting up, Consuelo's trying to mind fuck him, and he's like, "It's not working no more." And he gets closer and closer and closer to him, and then he kisses her. Yeah, and then he goes blind. Yeah, but then a, a nice lady, a nice topless lady, gives cures his eyesight and gives him a leaf. Yeah, and says, "If you're ever feeling." What? <laughs> if you're ever like making you're a trouble? soup, this is a bay leaf. You just put this in. Here you go. And he sticks it in his nappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now everyone's like, we gotta get him, right? Yeah. And so now they're hunting him. And hunting him. And at one point they trap him in one of those plant balloons. Yeah. And they they say things like, that. that's indestructible. He can't bust out of it. But guess what he does, Steve? <laughs> he busts out of it. Ta-da! What? And then he's running and running and Fucking running and running and running and running and running and running and they had nothing else. They had nothing. <laughs> they had to make a running time. So it's just Sean Connery running all over the fucking place, right? Yep. <laughs> and what happens? He he gets he finds May again. Yeah. Right? Well, doesn't he? He goes he goes to the apathetics and they all wake up. Oh yeah, they all wake up and they're like, "You give us energy." Yeah, and he's like, right? "I better eat that leaf." Out. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. He's that's. Is that when he eats a leaf? Yeah, I think because he, he goes to the apathetics and they're all and they're all like stirring and they all like start touching him and glomming onto him and and I think one they kiss him and they kiss yeah they kiss one, each right. other and one of them even says like we're we're taking your life force or something, so he's like time right. to eat the leaf. Time to eat the leaf, and then it's like spinach for Popeye, and he's like, <laughs> and he runs away again. Yeah. The reason I forgot it is because it doesn't mean anything. Anyway, so he keeps running, <laughs> and then he runs into May, and May's like, we want you to end everything. Yeah. We want to put an end to the tabernacle. And also the, we the machine that, and also we want your babies. Yeah, we want to have your babies too. So what we're going to do now is we're going you're going to lay down and we're going to give you a hand job and someone's going to play a projector over us for an obscene amount of time <laughs> while we make pretend that we're sharing our knowledge with you. Yeah, exactly. And this goes on forever. For Fucking ever! I would. I literally was getting angry at this movie at this point. It was like they'd have people and they'd have a projection on them, and some would be singing, and some would be saying math equations, yeah. and some would be doing stuff, and all of them are naked, and all of them are touching Sean Connery all over the place. And then he wakes up and he's all smart, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has their knowledge now. See, but everybody else is going a little cuckoo bananas. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are hunting him have now gone a little violent, gone crazy, and they're like starting to make out themselves, and they're getting violent, and and they're like getting a little bit with the smashy smashy. And he, Zed wants to know where Zardoz, where Zardoz, where Tabernacle is, right? Right. Yeah. And they say nothing. They don't say. Uh, I don't know anymore. He, he breaks into this part where friend friend had all of these statues and stuff. Right. And he sees Arthur Freyan, who we thought was dead, but he's not dead. He's back. But yeah. His tabernacle brought him back. And he's like, ha ha, I've been behind it all. Hoo hoo hee hee. <laughs> and he throws a crystal in it. And he's like, what do you see in the crystal? And he's like, nothing. And he says, when you see something, then you're ready for tabernacle or some shit. And then he's sitting at a desk and someone's got a crystal. And he looks in the fucking crystal and he's like, this is the tabernacle. And then he slips into the crystal and runs around for a really long time while people do modern dance around him. And yeah. He, he shoots his gun and one of the mirrors bleed. And Steve, what? 
it's just it's very symbolic see because because he shoots the mirror and he sees his reflection bleeding uh-huh. and then that's and then he's not in the crystal anymore okay great meanwhile um all of the eternals are fucking shit up yeah right they're just they're doing with the smashy smashy and um he looks in the crystal and he figures out the flaw with the tabernacle and i guess he the tabernacle gives him all of his powers yeah or something sure <laughs> okay that happened <laughs> And he's coming out of his thing looking at the crystal and, and like, oh no, Consuela's going to stab him. And he's like, he can't do that. And she's like, nope. And now they're in love. Yeah. Yeah. He's irresistible. That's the thing is that he's just irresistible. Yeah, there's like, we're going to be together. Like this, this is an implication of marriage or some shit. And then he's like, all the people are running to kill him. And then he lifts up his hand and they all, and he reverses the film for a little while. Yeah, yeah, and they sneak out like a group of them sneak past the the people destroying yeah. everything. And he fixes a lot of the stuff. Yeah. And then he's outside, and then they go back to smashing things. And then this lady lifts her arms up, and she's, like, singing. And people are standing there, and they're doing the hokey pokey around her. (laughs) And she's like, you promised you'd kill me after I healed your eyes. Remember that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. And he's going to kill her, but then puts his thing down. But then someone else kills her. Who kills her, Steve? It's the other exterminators. They have made it inside the vortex. They showed up. They're here for the party. And they... they kill everybody. Hooray! They kill everybody. Friend, Arthur Freyan, who's shown up again. And all of them want death. That's what they want. They want to die. All right. of them are begging for it. They're like, kill me next. I want to die. Everybody's getting shot. Bull for you. Bull for you. Bull for you. Everybody's dying. Except for May, who gets away with the crystal. Yeah. Yeah, because well, I yeah, cause right, I, I, Zed Zed told her how to get out of the uh, you know to yeah, get out of the, the vortex. So her and the people who were like her followers were able to escape. Right. Yeah. And they're going to go off and take their chances with the people of the outside world. And him and Consuela hold hands and they run away. And after everybody's dead, his friends are calling for him, Zed. But he's fucking Consuela. He's not. They're kissing. Yeah. They run away and they hold up inside the the, <laughs> the oh, head. That's right. The Zardoz. We forgot this part. The Zardas head crashes yeah. and smashes into the ground. Or a, a paper mache model outside of a window falls down. <laughs> that could be another thing. It's a matter of interpretation. Uh-huh. And so they go into the Zardas head, and I guess they figure, well, fuck it, we'll live here. Why not? <laughs> and, right? they, and they do. And they do. And now we have a scene where Sean Connery is sitting to the left, Consuela is sitting to the right, and they're wearing matching outfits somehow. And we then dissolve <laughs> cut. It's a matching dissolve cut. And now they, she's got a baby, and of course her top is off because she's got a short tits before the end of the movie. Naturally. You can't just... Yeah. But she's nursing that baby. And dissolve match cut to a toddler and they're sitting there. And then dissolve cut to a 10-year-old. And then dissolve cut to a teenager. And they're still sitting there. They're looking a little old. And then dissolve cut to their sitting... The guy sitting between them is like a grown man. And he gets up and he leaves. And then Sean Connery and her hold hands. And and then dissolve cut to them with their hair long, looking all gray. Dissolve cut to two people wearing Halloween masks that <laughs> were supposed to make them look old. Yep. And then dissolve cut to the funniest fucking thing in this movie, which is two skeletons with the matching haircuts holding hands. Aww. And then dissolve cut... 
two, nothing. Ashes on the ground. And we pan in, and there are two handprints, like Neolithic handprints yeah. on the wall. And his rotting revolver. <sighs> makes, the end. Makes you think, doesn't it? Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. Jesus, that went by fast. We're only 40 minutes into this fucking thing, and you guys are already done with the recap. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is 104 minutes long, and there is nothing in it. Yeah. Nothing. Steve? Yeah. How do you feel <laughs> about this titanic, titanic waste of our fucking time, <laughs> Zardoz? I'm so sorry I picked C last time. <laughs> um I can't help but feel partially responsible. So I had, like, I felt, I ultimately felt kind of duped, kind of betrayed by the movie. Because the first five, ten, maybe fifteen minutes, it seems like it's going to be this, like, wacky, over-the-top so Can't bad it's so bad it's good like funny movie right and i was thinking like oh i'm gonna yep. this, this is gonna be great i'm gonna have such a good time right i mean there's a giant stone head that flies around it lands and it pukes guns on people and it tells them that their then- dicks are evil <laughs> like that sounds like a great movie to me a great yep. bad movie like it sounds like just an over-the-top like just a uh, kickoff right yeah it's a good kickoff to an awful awful funny movie yeah exactly and then what happens is after after he kills uh arthur frayne in the head and lands inside the vortex it just becomes the most boring piece of garbage i've ever seen <laughs> and like that's that's what's wrong with it if it had made <sighs> If it had stayed as deliriously goofy as it was in the first 10 minutes, I would have loved this movie. It would have been a terrible movie, but I would have loved it. Uh, As it is, it's 10 minutes of really great terrible, and then like another hour and a half of dull as dishwater terrible terrible with uh, a nice healthy helping of misogyny. Mm-hmm. And and like glorification of violence and death, um, and just really weird, irritating things like what we mentioned during the summary, like teasing out the reveal of the book title, like that's some huge earth shaking thing, and then you get to it and you realize it's the Wizard of Oz, and it's just kind of like, oh, oh okay, you know, like ah uh, yeah, well, Zar does, yeah. I get it, okay, nice, you know what I mean? Like it's such a letdown when they build it up so much, like oh wait till you see what the book is. Wait till you see what the book is. Ooh, it's not, such a clever twist. You're not going to believe what the book is. And then it's like, uh, oh, that's okay. The Wizard of Oz. Great. Okay, good. Awesome. You know, and it just, <laughs> you know, uh, Sean Connery in the right role, in the right circumstance can be a terrific actor. Here, he just has nothing to do. He looks bored the entire time he's here. The The expression on his face when they're showing him the porn and trying to get him to pop a heart on is like the expression that he has for the entire movie. It's like he's just looking yeah. off to the side, just kind of vaguely puzzled at what he's seeing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And then he just looks back to Consuelo like, what else you got? That, that, that's how he looks for the entire movie. He just seems completely disengaged yeah. from all of it. Uh, it, it at... 
at no point does he ever come across as particularly intelligent or capable or special or any of the things that he's supposed to be like when when they drop that in the middle of the movie and 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 may is like oh by the way you're the one you're smarter than all of us and you're the chosen one yeah. who has come to liberate us well, we kind of left out the fact that he was made on purpose by arthur Fran. well the, with the movie right. the movie kind of yeah. leaves that out too arthur like makes he mentions that toward the very end right before he gets killed he's mm-hmm. like oh i huh, that, right. you don't think that mutation happened by accident do you it took many generations for me to, like, okay thanks great so you explain. i did it yeah it was me <laughs> <laughs> uh you know so it just he like when they when they introduce that bit into the movie like oh by the way he's like super special like it just feels out of left field and it doesn't ring true at all because there hasn't been anything special about him for the entire movie it's just been sean connery with a ponytail and a mustache wearing almost nothing just kind of wandering around and looking at stuff and occasionally asking questions showing no hint of personality or point of view just sort of like oh okay hey what's that yeah oh okay what does that do oh interesting whatever you know and so nothing means anything you know nothing has any sort of emotional weight to it and uh, it feels like it's one of those movies it's it's obviously a terrible movie it's a terrible movie that thinks it has things to say and right. that's just deadly that's just that's called pretentious oh god it's so pretentious it's like wait a minute is this fucking terrible movie trying to tell me something about society <laughs> like what does it what is this what is zardoz trying to teach me this movie can't uh-huh. possibly and it's the most like broad easy fucking first level social commentary shit like oh the rich people you know sequestered themselves away from the poor people makes you think hmm remind you of anything Hmm. it's like yeah i get it you know Like, oh, I okay, let me guess. It's like a comment on our society. Ah, huh? right? Uh-huh. I got it. You know? Yeah, I mean, look at that. It's, They're out of touch and they don't know how to live anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's it's so obvious and so just belabored and awful. But but the mo- the worst thing about it is that it's just boring. It's just so boring. It, it, mm-hmm. it almost gets me back a little bit at the end with that endless lap dissolve you described where you know it, we go through the different <laughs> stages of their lives after they have the child and that uh-huh. that wasn't really this movie it was that it reminded me of the end of um a buster keaton movie called college that okay. en- that ends with it ends with buster getting the girl as most of buster's movies end and then there's like this time lapse montage that takes you through the rest of buster's life with the girl that he wins at the end of the movie and it's like you see them getting married you see them having kids. You see them as middle-aged married people, and they're kind of over it, like they're just sitting in a room together and not talking. <laughs> and then it dissol- uh-huh. and, and then you see their tombstones next to each other, and that's oh, the end that's of the movie. And awful! That's what a great end- way to end the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. And and the ending of Zardoz reminded me of that, you know, because it's like, oh, okay, we're just going to keep going, like we're just going to keep lap dissolving until they're fucking <laughs> dust, <laughs> you know. And it's like, and it 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 kind of made me laugh. I thought it was kind of funny, but there's there's it doesn't even begin to make up for the hour and a half of just utter tedium that you have to sit through to get there. It's just a it's it's not a, a so bad it's good movie. It's just a really 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 bad movie, and it's it's difficult uh-huh. to sit through. So that's yep. what I think. <laughs> I loved it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Um, <laughs> so this is supposed to be a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Every once in a while, people who don't know anything about sci-fi attempt to make a sci-fi movie. And the way they think sci-fi movies work is that they, they watched like... A, whoa, I just dropped everything on my... T- my on my desk. I was so upset. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'll cut, I'll cut it out in post. I won't. I don't care. <laughs> we'll fix it. Um, <laughs> so what happens is they watch, like, maybe a couple episodes of Star Trek. They watch a couple episodes of Twilight Zone. And they go, oh, maybe I can do social commentary in it. And then they, they do that. We saw a little <laughs> bit of this in Logan's Run, right? Oh, yeah. Logan's Run was social commentary where this was obviously a couple old men's reaction to the whole hippie movement. And they're like, fuck them. <laughs> we'll show and what their society will look like if they took over. That's the, my theory. That's not necessarily true. Anyway, so... <laughs> I watched this movie, and I was angry. Because I did not get what I thought I was going to get. Just like Steve wasn't going to get what he thought he was going to get. Yeah. And that was campy, stupid, you know, horrible awfulness. It started off good. But guys, like we said, there's a reason why, and I think I said this to Steve, and I may have even said it during this this review. There's a reason why people only quote the uh, lines from the first ten minutes of this movie. Because that's as far as they fucking got. (laughs) And if I was watching this for fun, I don't even know if I would have made it that far into it. Nothing happens. Guys, we're not even at an hour yet. And you're like, you guys could have made jokes. No, there was nothing to make jokes about. From the time he lands in the vortex to... When people start getting shot, it's a whole lot of walking around and exposition. Yeah. Nothing else happens. When nothing happens, there's nothing for me and Steve to make jokes about. <laughs> he walks here, and then he walked here, and then he walked back to this set, and then he walked back over to this other set. And this person said this, and this person said that. Basically, the Vortex is a cottage, not not some sci-fi futuristic thing, just some fucking farmhouse somewhere where they got permission to shoot. A country estate, and that's it. There's no there's no sci-fi e elements in this. This is more of a sci-fi fantasy than anything else. John Borman wanted to make a movie about violence or some bullshit. I don't care. <laughs> and when you're too afraid to make an avant-garde weird movie like Jodorowsky does, you make sci-fi with this shit in it, and it makes some of the most god-awful movies ever. I don't care about the message. I don't get... Be interesting, please. Can you just be interesting? I don't need to watch him run around this country estate for an hour and a half, and then have people just tell this shit. The, the, the guy doesn't discover much of anything on his own, and the only time he does discover something on his own, it turns out he was being manipulated by the super smart people later on, so he yeah. does doesn't actually have any he makes no decisions on his own because he was also always supposed to be like that because he's the one or some bullshit it's god awful and if you liked it great i hope you enjoyed your nap but i i it's movies like this where i honestly feel like i've wasted my goddamn time yeah where i actually want my, not my money back. I want my time back. Now. Give it to me. I want that hour, <laughs> what, a little more than an hour and a half back. And yeah, I know, you tried to keep me engaged with titties, but you can throw a mountain of titties at me, and if your story isn't interesting and you don't know how to tell it well, I am going to lose. They just become, oh, look, another naked lady and another naked lady. And then eventually they just become ladies. Another lady came in. And I suppose, I know you guys didn't see tits all that often in the early 70s in movies, but it didn't mean you had to make a movie and put all the titties in it and, and wrap <laughs> it in this boring package. So, I mean... Overall, this is what I'm going to have to say. 
Whoever turned this into a joke, whoever turned this into a cult thing, stop it. <laughs> you owe me an apology, and I'm angry about it. I know that there are some people who are like, no, no, it has things to say. Fine, great. I don't know how, uh, how you can sit through this dull piece of crap, but this kind of movie makes my ass ache. <laughs> and the only time I ever notice my ass is when I'm bored out of my mind. And that's what's wrong with this. Remember, be good, be bad, but don't be boring. And this manages to be boring. Oof. And also derivative at the same time. Yes. You know why? Because here's here's a fun... Stop me when you heard this, Steve. So uh, far off in the future, all the rich people and the industrialists went underground to live. And they left all the other people out on the surface. And then the, the rich people underground started exploiting the people on the surface to bring them food and stuff. And the people underground turned into Morlocks. And the people <laughs> up on, the, on top were simple. That's... Fucking the time machine, yeah. which was written a hundred, I don't know, not necessarily a hundred years before that, but a long time before this movie, and was a popular film before yeah. this movie came out. And that metaphor is interesting, exciting, and, and went someplace, right? Everyone knows what a Morlock is, even if they haven't seen the time machine. <laughs> But everything else about it, it was just like, eh. They didn't, either didn't want to spend money on or didn't feel like they wanted any sci-fi shit in it. There's not one piece of futuristic-looking shit in this. They've got a floating head. That's all they got, a, a giant floating head. And a big, chunky ring. <laughs> and a bunch of chunky rings, and that's it. <laughs> and, you know, Planet of the Apes is a little guilty of this, but Planet of the Apes is still a sci-fi movie. Planet of the Apes is still telling a linear story yeah. and keeping us interested and has characters that we can relate to. Who are we supposed to relate to in this story, Steve? Yeah, I don't... Is it the murderer rapist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's It can't possibly be Zed, can it? Because he, not only is he yeah. a murderer rapist, he never comes across as a character. Like, what am I supposed to care about him for? He never says more than three or four words at a time. Yeah. So it's not like we get engaged with him. We have exactly. nothing about his backstory, really. Uh, is it supposed to be the, the Eternals? Nope. They don't act like us. They don't. They don't behave. They, they don't seem to have the same cares. It's not the apathetics. It's not. So when you have an entire an entire cast of people who don't act like people, how are we supposed to care about anything that's going on? I know you think you're making really deep points, but you're not, and it's awful. <laughs> and oh yeah, your selection of Beethoven music. You found the most boring and listless piece of music you could find in you. <laughs> Oh, you're not a fan of the seventh? No, I'm not a fan of the seventh. <laughs> it's like watching a duck die. It's like, oh, great. And you're not even up close. It's like way off there. <laughs> you see a little flutter. <laughs> oh, look at that duck, duck dying. dying. And you can hear the seventh playing. Na, 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 na. You're like, oh, I could just drown myself now. <laughs> so that's it. Steve, Zardos, classic, cult classic, or thing that should be burned? Oh, definitely not a classic. I don't know what you want to do with it, but it sure as hell ain't a classic. Ugh. Agreed. Not a classic. I hated it. <laughs> and guys, I hope you didn't watch it. But if you did, I'm sorry. And if you didn't, listen, l rewind it. This show's only going to be about an hour and 15 minutes, <laughs> thanks to the boring fucking nothing of a movie we watched. <sighs> Not classic. Mm. Steve, mm. recommend something good. Please recommend something. Well, good. you know, actually, I the I knew from from almost the moment we started watching Zardoz, and I realized that it was going to be bad once the first ten minutes wore off. 
yeah. I knew exactly what movie I was going to recommend because I knew by that point I was, unless something unforeseen happened, I was going to, I was not going to recommend Zardoz. <laughs> and once I realized we were, <laughs> once I realized we were there, I thought I know exactly what I'm going to recommend. And it is, it is a movie that is an example of the kind of movie that I was hoping Zardoz was when it started. Okay. One of those movies that is just deliriously campy and over the top and weird and and you can't at least I can't I can't honestly call it a good movie but I can call it a goddamn fun movie that I love watching and it entertains me and makes me laugh every single time I watch it and it is a movie from 1986 called Gothic and oh shit <laughs> And, I completely forgot that movie existed. Right? And it is, uh, it's a very, very fictionalized dramatization of that famous weekend in literary history when, uh, <laughs> when Lord Byron and Mary Shelley and John Polidori stayed over, uh, or yeah, stayed over, they, they stayed over at Lord Byron's place in Geneva right. and they had the uh the the story writing contest that led yeah. to Mary Shelley writing Frankenstein and Polidori writing the vampires it's like this legendary little you know event in the history of english literature and uh i don't know what actually happened that weekend but i don't think it was but very not what happening <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it was very much like what happens in gothic <laughs> i don't think it involved a giant disembodied penis running around the castle <laughs> No, no, and I I don't think that... And uh, if that doesn't get you guys to go watch uh, it, I don't know what will. I, I don't think that uh, Percy Shelley got up on the roof naked and screamed at the lightning. Nope. He might have. I don't know. I don't That's think he did. It's a possibility. He was a nutty guy. That, By the way, that is the moment in, in Gothic. That's like the moment when I when I realized I was going to love it. Uh, I had like the opposite reaction to Zardoz. Because that, that happens relatively early in the movie. They all show up at, at Byron's mm-hmm. estate. And it's the Shelleys and Polidori and a couple other people. And there's a storm outside. And all of a sudden, like before you even realize what's happening, Percy Shelley is stark naked standing on the roof, arms outstretched to the sky, screaming, lightning is the primal force of the universe! And I'm just watching it going, okay, I got this. Um, So it's such a great bad movie, and the the cast is so good. Gabriel Byrne, Julian Sands, Natasha Richardson, may she rest in peace, uh, Timothy Spall, just a fantastic cast. It's absolute garbage, but it's giddy, hilarious garbage, and it entertains (laughs) me every time I watch it. So that is my recommendation Ah. to to check out. If If you did make the mistake like we did and watched Zardoz, and it was not what you were hoping it would be check out gothic because that is definitely one of my favorites so bad that it's good movies yay now it's my turn as you guys know i like to uh, recommend a movie from the same year as the movie we just reviewed and it's 1974 and the movie that i'm going to recommend started off as a student film made by some guys in college but one of the guys in college that was making it went by the name john carpenter Ooh. and the movie he made is a little movie one of my favorites it's not a good movie <laughs> but it is a fun movie They'd spent almost no money on it, but I'd still watch this over and over again rather than ever look at Zardoz in the face again. It's a movie called Dark Star. Oh. Now, Dark Star is about this ship that's been patrolling the galaxy for the last 20 years, 
blowing up unstable planets that could threaten other planets that the Earth would want to colonize. The guys have gotten a little lazy and crazy and batty and insane. There's an a beach ball. Li- they literally painted a beach ball, put feet on it, and made it an alien that's been bopping around the ship. It's not one of those deadly aliens, just one of those inconvenient <laughs> aliens that gets into shit. And all of the bombs talk. They have to talk to the bombs. <laughs> One of the bombs is having an existential crisis about what it is and what it does. It's one of those movies. Fun, you know, um, very college movie, very much a college movie, but still good enough that it did get a limited release. It kind of made it, it, it actually, it got a, it did get a theatrical release. Started in college, finished as a real movie. It's John Carpenter's, technically John Carpenter's first film. It's funny. I'm not saying it's a laugh riot, but I really enjoy it. If you can find it, and I know you can, because it's out there. It's called Dark Star. Hey, Steve. Even though this has been really biting us in the ass. <laughs> yes. Maybe the worst idea I've ever brought to this show. Uh-huh. It's time oh, for you to make a terrible choice. The choices they they have well, yeah, I don't know. Not, we did we did the Muppets time before last. So, yeah, we know. got the Muppets out. That's yeah, good. It was that was fun. A oh, B or C, oh, Steve. Oh man. A B or C. Uh <sighs> I want to tell you not to pick one, but I'll be breaking my own rule. <laughs> Just pick one, Steve. A, B, or C. If you pick the one that I don't want you to pick, then we're paying. We did something bad, okay. and we're paying. Okay, we're, this okay. Is karma. okay, 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 okay. I'm not A, B, or C, Steve. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to say the first. Hey one. guys, just so that you yeah. know, if this is the first show, and you're like, what the fuck. Steve has A, B, or C to pick from what one one of those corresponds to a movie that I have selected. He doesn't know what it is. Yeah. He's just making a blind choice. So Steve, A, B, or C. Come on. A. Here, I'll do some magic. A. 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 You took down. Oh, okay, a. good. Okay. Had you picked C, oh, man. Okay. we would have reviewed The Fifth Element. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Don't you feel old now uh, that it's old enough for it, us to review? God, yeah. Yeah. It is, it is like, what, 25 years old or something? Maybe not that. Had old. you picked B, okay. the one that I was waving you away from psychically, <laughs> the movie we would have watched is the downfall of a director, mm. The Lady in the Water. Oh, okay. That's oh. that's okay. The movie that would hurt us as film critics, <laughs> as writers, <laughs> and <laughs> and as human beings. Oh God! Okay. But you chose A. Okay. And so we're going to re- review a movie, an early movie from what many consider to be the greatest American director ever. Ooh, Martin Scorsese. All right, okay. And the movie we're going to review, and maybe not very many people have actually watched the movie, but they know a certain line from it in which you ask, hopefully yourself in a mirror, are you speaking to me, sir? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, sir, are you addressing me? I beg your pardon? I'm sorry, but I was the only one here. Did did you speak to me? (laughs) To whom did you address that remark? Have at you, sir! Have at you! <laughs> I bite my thumb at you, sir. That's right. The movie we're going to review next is Taxi Driver. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you want to get all the jokes, because boy, I can't wait to make all the jokes about Jodie Foster oh. and the next Taxi Driver. 
Yeah. Then please go out and watch Taxi Driver. And hey, guys, we have a video store now. So if you're like, I don't want to look for it, just go to our website. Go to the late night, uh, the late seating all night video store and click on the link. And if you rent it from Amazon through them, it makes a little change for us here. Right, Steve? Yeah, exactly. We get we to like, put a little coin like, in our pockets. Or we'll put it on the floor and we're like rolling it and the <laughs> chain sticks to us. Then we walk to 7-Eleven and we buy a Slurpee. And we make the guy behind the counter pick the chain <laughs> off of our sweaty bodies. I'll pay for this big gulp with cash, my good man. And I take my shirt I off. I think I have uh, the appropriate amount here stuck to my backside. <laughs> You may use a pencil to pry it off if you wish. No, I you not with me, <laughs> sir. No. Use your fingers. I want to feel flesh on flesh. <laughs> that's right. So, so go see Taxi Driver. And that's it. We're done, Steve. Yeah, we are. I think, remember the time that we were like longest review ever? We were wondering what the longest review was ever going to be? Yeah. Aside from when we used to keep this these things down really short, this is the shortest <laughs> review ever. For a, yeah, because, I mean, what else is there to talk about? There was nothing there. It's, there was nothing it's there. It's just kind of a dull, shitty movie. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, for Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. And for the last time, I will not go to second level with you. Please, no. please go to second level. I'm not with me. going to second please level. Please don't make me not. wiggle my fingers at you. I will more. not go to second well, level. I'm gonna do it. I will not go oh, to second level on. with you. I will not go come to second level. No, no, no. Stop. Just just the just just the tip? Stop it. I <laughs> That's the second level? Yeah, what did you think second level was? I don't know. Like Over the bra? No yeah. one here wears bras. Oh that's right. No one here we barely wear clothes. <laughs> <sighs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. They should hear two gunshots at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a little dark. Well, the outro music played. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Bodies fall to floor. You know what? <laughs> you don't have to watch Fuck the movies. next. <laughs> you don't have to watch Taxi Driver. <laughs> we ain't going to be here. <laughs> Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Lemmy Listen. And thanks for listening.